The Secret to Solving the Obesity Puzzle. This is Carrie, and I love puzzles. Anybody that knows me knows that I like putting a puzzle together. And I am really good at putting the obesity treatment puzzle together. I want to bring you my knowledge, share with you, dissect each topic, and explain why it's so important for you to understand that each topic plays a very important role with the management of obesity and the treatment for obesity. Let's keep learning and building our masterpiece towards health and wellness. I'm going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the fat cell. How powerful the fat cell is. I think the fat cell gets a bad rap. (laughs) Today I'm going to talk about the actual fat cell itself, how it functions, and dietary fat, what we eat, and how it is metabolized. Fat is an essential macronutrient in our diet. It's an essential amino acid that helps us absorb special vitamins that are fat-soluble, vitamin A, D, E, and K. Fat is also stored as an energy source. It keeps us warm. It's an organ protector. I want to talk about the good things about fat, how it's essential for our survival, and really our bodies need fat. Also discuss some of the bad things. If we get too much fat or dietary fat that's more harmful for us, and then some of the ugly facts about fat, the fat cell itself, how it functions. A poorly functioning fat cell or cells leads to many diseases, which is the ugly truth about fat as well. Let's start with the basics. A fat cell itself, the medical term, is adipocyte. So we have three kinds of adipocytes in our body. We have brown fat that has more powerhouse mitochondria, meaning that the cell works better and it functions at a higher metabolic rate. We have more brown fat when we're born and as we age, we lose the brown fat. But there's good news. There is a way to get our brown fat back. Then there's the white fat. This is where the big droplets of lipids and fatty acids are stored. White fat is stored in our hips, thighs, stomach, abdomen, and having more white fat than we should raises our risk of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and other metabolic disorders. But the white fat is also our energy store. Lastly, there's beige fat, which performs both functions. So I talked about in the last podcast about our body's survival instinct as a protective mechanism. Fat is a store of energy. So our bodies inherently hold on to the fat as a backup storage for energy for us to get us through when we're not eating enough or exercising too much. We have other sources of energy. There's carbohydrates that provide 4 calories per gram. Protein provides 4 calories per gram, but fat provides 9 calories per gram. That's why it's such a powerful energy source for us to draw from. You can see how smart our bodies are holding on to the fat because of its energy store. Fat cells in our body are tightly packed together. 
with very little water in them and they're full of lipid material. The sugar is stored as glycogen from the liver. Glycogen is a bulky molecule and it's heavy weighted with water. It takes up more space and we burn it off more quickly. Unlike the fat cell that is packed tightly together. So with that, it gave me a visual of once I bought a mattress that was so compressed in its package. There was no way we were going to get that mattress back in that package once it was opened. So as soon as you opened it, poof, the mattress came out. The fat cell is like that compressed package. On the other hand, thinking about carbs and how they're stored as glycogen, which is a bulky, heavy water molecule, when they break down, they break down into sugar, which is an immediate source of energy. Makes me think about the ball pit at one of those Chuck E. Cheese places where you jump into the ball pit and all the round balls, you know, you could breathe through them, you could dig deep down in them, there's lots of space in between them. So that's how you can visually compare the two. So back to the fat cell. Did you realize that as adults, we have the same amount of fat cells? They don't change unless the cell actually dies. When we gain weight, we don't actually gain more fat cells. Our fat cells just get bigger. A fat cell can get up to 400 times as big as it was when it was first born or created. When we were children, we would develop and multiply fat cells, but once we get to adulthood, that multiplication stops. What happens when we lose weight? The fat cell itself actually shrinks. The byproducts in the fat cell, which are the lipids, get broken down and they're released as carbon dioxide and water. We sweat them out, breathe them out, they are excreted in our urine and in our feces, but the actual fat cell itself is just flattened and shrunk. It never goes away. The fat cell is actually an amazing cell. It has receptors, meaning that it talks to other organs in our body on the surface of the cell. There's a feedback loop from our fat cells that when the cell is plump and big, it's satisfied. When the cell is satisfied, it triggers the receptor to send signals which release a hormone called leptin. Leptin is a hormone that makes us feel satisfied, doesn't trigger hunger, and that is so important with weight loss. I teach my patients about this all the time, how to trick that fat cell and how to stay plump meaning that we want to drink water to have water go intracellular. We want that cell to stay full and really decrease the amount of the receptor signals that it's sending. I want to focus on brown fat right now. So brown fat is a smaller fat cell. It contains what's called mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell. It makes the cell function more efficiently and because of the mitochondria and the amount that it has in the brown fat cell it is full of iron and iron is brown and so that's why they call it brown fat is because it has much more mitochondria and it's it truly in nature brown color 
Where do we find brown fat as adults? We still have some brown fat scattered throughout our body. Brown fat in an adult patient or person could be found around the neck, kidneys, adrenal glands, and in the central chest cavity uh, near the heart and the chest mediastinum. There are some ways to increase our brown fat, which would be more beneficial for our health. Remember, we have beige fat and white fat, and we are inherently set with the same amount of fat cells in our adulthood. Transitioning the white fat to beige fat to brown fat can be done in a number of ways. Brown fat helps us regulate our temperature. When it is cold and we start feeling the coldness and before we start shivering, it's actually turned on to help try to regulate our body temperature. It is believed that exposure to a temperature of 66 degrees Fahrenheit for approximately two hours will stimulate our brown fat and we will convert white fat to beige fat to brown fat. There's lots of literature showing that exposure to cold, taking cold showers, or an ice bath even will actually stimulate brown fat production. It is believed that exercising also stimulates brown fat production. When we start exercising, it activates our body's blood hormone, irisin, which is a metabolite that tells our body to convert the white fat into beige fat, increasing the iron, going into the cell, creating more mitochondria, that powerhouse of the cell, giving that cell the brown color and making the cell work more efficiently and increase our metabolic rate. Eating a healthy, nutritious, and well-balanced diet also leads to brown fat production. We have to have enough iron in our diet to support those mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, especially the multiple mitochondria that's inside the brown fat cell. Research shows that there are some foods like apples and dried fruit that contain a chemical that activates brown fat production called ursulic acid. This inadvertently converts to irisin, which helps increase the production of our brown fat cells. In review of our brown fat cell, it's all good. Essentially, there's nothing negative about it. Okay, moving on to discuss the white fat cell. Now, it's not all bad. There's a lot of good to it. Did you know that 30% of our body weight is comprised of fat, our white fat cells? The composition of our brain is an outstanding 60% fat. That's amazing. Fat plays a very important part of functional roles in sustaining our nerve impulse transmission and memory storage. Fat helps form nerve cell membranes, insulates neurons, and facilitates the signaling of the electrical impulse through our brain. Without fat, we wouldn't be able to absorb essential nutrients, those fat-soluble nutrients like I mentioned before, vitamins A, D, E, and K. Fat helps facilitate those vitamins to be absorbed and they're building blocks of our cells and our overall health structure. Fat helps regulate our hormone system and when it's 
satisfied or plump, it releases leptin, which makes us feel satisfied. It also helps regulate fatty acids that are required in reproductive health. If a woman is underweight and does not have enough fat, she will stop menstruating and become infertile. It is insulating and protective. It protects our organs. We have fat pads around our organs, but the extra fat that we have on our hips and our abdomen, if we fall, it helps protect our bone and our spine structure. So we learned that the fat cell itself, our white fat cell, is not so bad. But let's talk about the bad and the ugly. Bad and ugly of the fat cell. An overabundance of adipose tissue are adipocytes, those white cells, when they get big, they stop functioning normally. When we have too many white fat cells, they start accumulating, and we find them in places that we don't want them. It increases fat clumping, and we have increased arterial wall fat, meaning thickening of the walls of our arteries, which leads to coronary artery disease and cardiovascular disease. When we have too many fat cells, it causes insulin resistance, that we don't metabolize the insulin like we should, leading to higher insulin levels within our body. It is a known fact, and there is lots of evidence to prove that higher insulin levels, meaning you are insulin resistance, causes widespread inflammation. What happens is when the fat cell is big and it's not functioning normally, it gets a decreased blood supply, then it's under stress. When the cell is under stress, it releases what's called cytokines. Cytokines are chemicals that cause inflammation, that cause cancer. These things are bad. But when we have too many very large fat cells, they're not functioning properly, and we have this rush of cytokines in our system, causing widespread inflammation. This inflammation leads to many disease processes. Really, this is getting down to the nitty-gritty of what's causing us to be sick. When we have too many enlarged fat cells, the inflammation leads to those 237 diseases that are caused by obesity. This is directly related to insulin resistance, to the malfunction of the fat cell, and to our overall health. In review of our fat cells, looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly, we've learned a lot. I could talk more about our fat cells. There's so much to them. But let's move on to the actual fat, the dietary fat that we eat. Let's break it down. There are three different kinds. There's saturated fat, there's unsaturated fats, and then there's trans fats. Let's talk about each one. Saturated fats are the fats solid at room temperature. Typically, those are the fats that we think of that would lead to coronary artery disease and raise our bad cholesterol, the LDL. I always tell my patients, L for loser. That's the bad stuff. You don't want it. You want to get it down. <laughs> Some of the fat saturated fats, um, as an example, would be animal fats, butter, palm oil, coconut oil. But hold on, let's talk about coconut oil. This falls into a category in and of itself. There's been lots of literature and evidence proving that coconut oil 
is actually pretty healthy for you. It increases your HDL, which is your good cholesterol, H for happy, that's what I tell my patients, and 50% of coconut oil is MCT oil, which is packed with healthy fats, helps increase our mitochondria, and helps with antiviral and antibacterial properties to help us fight infection. That's pretty impressive. Other than eating and cooking with coconut oil to get that 50% of that MCT oil and all the nutritional benefits that comes with it, you can buy MCT oil. That oil bypasses the normal fat digestion and is quickly metabolized and converted into energy. Folks following a ketogenic diet trying to get in ketosis, which means a higher energy level, you're burning it off. The MCT really helps increase energy, our metabolic rate. So a lot of folks who are following this special diet really are into their MCT oil to help increase their metabolic rate and help them get into ketosis. You can get the benefits of MCT oil just by cooking and eating coconut or using coconut oil. Okay, so a recap of saturated fats. Fats solid at room temperature. Animal fats, butter, cheese, things made from those fats, which is whole milk or ice cream, um, really fatty or marbled meat, beef, that kind of stuff will raise our LDL, remember that's the bad stuff, loser cholesterol, which we do not want. All right, let's move on to unsaturated fats. These fats can actually raise your HDL, your good cholesterol, remember H for happy, which helps lower our LDL. Monounsaturated fats, meaning one molecule, simple molecule. These fats are olive oil, avocado oil, and peanut oil. Polyunsaturated fats are safflower oil, corn, and soy. Remember, unsaturated fats are the good fats. That's what we want to focus on. And lastly, let's talk about trans fats. Trans fats are unhealthy fats that are processed through hydrogenation. This process is man-made. It converts a liquid oil into a solid fat. When manufacturers are making food for us, they want a solid fat at the right consistency, but solid fats are expensive and not readily available. Created this process to take a liquid oil base, turn it into a solid, really changing its chemical structure and molecular weight. So we don't metabolize and process hydrogenated oils as well, and they cause multiple health problems. Trans fats are used in packaged products that can sit on the shelf for a long time. Examples of these products are muffins, pastries, and donuts. Another example of trans fat is margarine. And a lot of restaurants use trans fats as well because again, it's cheaper. In food manufacturing, when products such as grains and dairy are processed, they remove the essential nutrients of lipid elements, meaning the fat elements. Then, 
In reverse process, manufacturers replace these lipid nutrients and they label the food product as enriched. Those food items lack the fat-soluble base for us to absorb the vitamins. Remember, we have fat-soluble vitamins such as A, D, E, and K. We need fat to transport that so we can metabolize it and get the full nutrient benefit from that food product. We've learned a lot about the fat cell itself, what kind of cells we have, how they function, good, bad, or otherwise. We learned about dietary fat, which fats to eat, which fats are better for us. Is your brain hurting? Because mine is, just a little bit. I want to touch base on one more aspect of fat. We have our dietary fat that we eat, but then it's broken down into cholesterol. You're like, oh my gosh, cholesterol, right? Let's go to the doctors, our provider, our normal annual health fair. We want to know what our cholesterol is. Cholesterol is measured by the different type and size of fat cell or cholesterol that we have. Cholesterol is a lipoprotein, which is a fat molecule, and when we get our fat or our cholesterol levels checked, we get several numbers to look at. Lipoproteins are transmitted in and out of the fat cell. This is important because of the size of the cholesterol molecule itself. So depending on the size, we'll determine if it's good cholesterol or bad cholesterol. When we look at our cholesterol panel, the first number we see is total cholesterol. So that's the total number of the different size molecules that break up that lipoprotein mix. Secondly, we see triglycerides. Triglycerides are part of the larger molecule of the cholesterol. Then we see HDL. Remember H for happy, that's the good stuff. And the reason why HDL is good is it's a molecule, a lipoprotein that is small. Then a number, another number we see is LDL, L for loser. Remember, that's the bad stuff. This is the stuff we don't want. These LDL molecules or lipoproteins are bigger, fatter. We don't want those. Then we get an overall ratio. It calculates the ratio of the good, the bad, and the ugly with our cholesterol numbers. Then sometimes our cholesterol reading will tell us what VLDL as well. So this is very low density lipoproteins. So let me break this down into simple, understandable facts. Okay, so the cholesterol we eat goes in our bloodstream and when it combines to protein, it's called lipoproteins. This is what we're getting measured with our health check and our cholesterol levels. We have LDL and then we have VLDL. LDL is the smaller, more dense molecule that carries cholesterol to our tissues. LDL, remember, L for loser, this is the bad stuff. So if we have too much cholesterol carried to our tissue, it can lead to atherosclerosis, meaning that those cellular molecule structures can clump, cause blockage in our coronary arteries, leading to higher levels of heart attack and stroke. 
leading to coronary artery disease. So VLDL, very low density lipoprotein, carries triglycerides, which increases fatty liver disease. Triglycerides, remember, was one of the breakdowns of the cholesterol measurement. So there's LDL, which is a small molecule, still a bad molecule if we have too much. VLDL is very low-density lipoprotein. It's a bad molecule, but it's much bigger. So VLDL, when we measure that, if our levels of VLDL are high, we are at greater risk to develop coronary artery disease and stroke. Then you have HDL, which is the good cholesterol. HDL molecule is small. Things that are good and come in small packages like a diamond. Think of HDL. We want that small package to give us the most power for our punch. HDL actually reverses coronary artery disease by removing LDL and taking it to the liver, that cholesterol molecule, to be broken down. HDL reverses the cholesterol transport and helps us. All right, so let's put the big picture together. I talked about the actual fat cell, the size of the fat cell, how they function, our dietary fat, which is good and bad and what we should avoid or increase, and our cholesterol numbers and how they affect us in determining our overall health status. Let's take it back to the very beginning, that big fat cell, literally that big fat cell <laughs> that's not functioning well. So what happens is when we have hypertrophy, when that cell becomes abnormally large, it starts to dysfunction. This dysfunction creates a lot of different things that I talked about, but one of them is impaired lipid storage. Because of this impaired storage, it increases our intracellular lipolysis, which means the breakdown of fats. Because of the malfunction of the breakdown of fats, Cholesterol and fats are released and then they are found within our body system that where we don't want it. Basically, they start clumping within our vascular system. So our blood vessels will get plugged or clogged because of these fat deposits, leading to lack of blood flow, decreased blood flow, and decreased oxygenation to our tissues. This literally will affect every single body system and organ we have. So what do we do with this information? The take home with this is making healthier choices. So when we cook, cook with those good oils that are going to raise our HDL. When we go out to eat, really think about is it fried? Remember, restaurants use the bad trans fats usually. When we pick things up at the market, think about what's in that product. Start reading labels. Now that you're educated, you can make wiser choices. Knowledge is power. And hopefully today, I was able to teach you some new information. Moving forward, making healthier choices, really striving towards your health and wellness, now you have another piece of the puzzle 
Those pieces are going to create your masterpiece, which is your health and wellness. Thank you for listening and more tidbits and pieces are coming.